Welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast now due to uh, Bubba's surgery. He joins the No Gall Bladder Club. He is uh, not with us uh, for this week of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, but we are going to discuss a topic that there, there rare is the time that we go to the phones that this topic is not brought up. And, and over the years, uh, with his expertise in politics, Dick Morris has been a great resource for our show. Uh, and now the New York Times bestselling author uh, is, uh, is coming out with his new book. Uh, it's called The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. And Dick Morris uh, joins us now on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Dick Morris, how you doing? I'm doing great, you know. I was just reminiscing uh, when I used to work for Clinton and I'd come on the show. I'd say, I'm Dick, so I'm Rick. And my boss is Bubba. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you were doing the Rick and Bubba show long before we were with Clinton, which kind of which gets me started. And we've talked about this before, but it's been a while. You spent all this time with the Clintons. The, it's obvious that they, they, they are Democrats. Uh, they're, 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 they're Democrat hierarchy. Uh, in all of this, and now you're you're certainly working more with Republicans, uh, conservatives. Is is this well, just is this just showing us how much the parties have changed? Yeah, I went from being Clinton's main political advisor to being one of Trump's two or three main advisors, and uh, I haven't changed in the least. It's the parties that have changed. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton, the guy I worked for, not Hillary, but Bill, uh, got welfare reform passed. He built a wall on the southern border. He passed mandatory minimum sentences for criminals. He required welfare recipients to work. He balanced the budget. I mean, for God's sakes, what used to be the 50-yard line is now in the way over in the end zone. The Democrats have moved so far and so crazily to the left. So I just haven't followed them. I've just stayed right where I was in the middle. And um, and I adored Donald Trump. My father was his lawyer. Are you serious? In my whole life. And uh, he really, I think, is a unique president, was a unique president. And we need him back desperately. Uh, so I wrote this book, The Return. See, I'd written one in 2016 that I was on your show about, I think, yeah. called Armageddon, How Trump Can Beat Hillary. Nobody else was saying that back then, but I did. And this is the sequel to it. It's called The Return, how Trump will run, would certainly get the nomination. I think he's going to be unopposed for that. I don't think he's going to have a serious primary. He'll win by acclamation. And then I think he'll go on to win the election. And uh, in the book, I explain how and why and what the Democrats are trying to do to stop him and put all that in the context. So I hope you I hope your viewers get it, but I also hope they memorize it because it sets up what we have to do to fight the Democratic game plan. No, no, no question. I, I think this is crucial, and I'm glad someone with the background that you have has taken time to put this out because I do find doing talk radio that many times all of us, not just the callers, we're grossly uninformed, and and I think part of that is that journalism is dead. Uh, so what what's happened now is is when you're trying to gather information, where we're gathering it from has become less and less trustworthy. 
So right. this this book and book is very very important. Uh, whether you agree with the return of Donald Trump or not, I think you do need to get in it. If nothing else, treat it like a textbook to learn the current condition of our country and how things are politically like they are. Uh, right. but, but because if you look at now, are are you and, and we're not going to unpack the whole book because that's why we have the book. But I, I do want to hit some of the things. But are you of the school? Because we have not talked since then. Are you of the school that that, that Trump? maybe was not reelected through something that went on that was that was not legal oh, yeah. uh, i mean you, you do you think yeah. he lost straight up or do you think there was tampering no, I, I think that i think the correct result i don't want to spend my whole time on the past sure i think that the correct result is that trump uh got there were more people who voted for biden nationally but trump carried three or four swing states that were awarded to biden and the reason we can't prove it is that we know that in Arizona, for example, there were 50,000 people who voted who shouldn't have. The audit established that. They were dead. They moved away. Uh, they weren't registered. There were a second time they voted, all that kind of stuff. And uh, But the problem is we can't tell who they voted for. Uh, we know that there are these drop boxes in Georgia crammed with ballots that are illegitimate, but we can't tell if the illegitimate ones are for Biden or for Trump. So the court can't throw out the election. And that's the obstacle we face. But let's look at the future for yeah. a second. Yeah. And, and I think that's wise. I'm so glad you said that. I, I, we, ch- we catch a lot of heat on the show because we won't bog down on that. It's not going to change. There's nothing we can do about it. And- yeah, yeah, there is, Rick. Uh, there is. Oh, OK. And in, um, there is a Supreme Court decision coming okay. down. They're going to argue the case in the fall. Okay. And it's called My, Moore, Moore versus Harper. And soon that's going to be as famous as Roe v. Wade or wow. Brown v. Board of Ed. Okay. Uh, it is brought by Republican conservatives in North Carolina who are unique in that they know how to read. <laughs> and they have read the Constitution. <laughs> right. You can read it yourself. <laughs> Article 1, Section 4 says, plain as day. The times, places, and manners of choosing Congress and Senate shall be determined by the state legislatures, and that means president too, legislatures, not the governors, not the secretaries of state, not the state courts, the legislatures. Now, in Florida and Arizona and Georgia, the legislatures have passed really good laws that the governors have signed that are now taking effect, which which means there'll be no ballot fraud in those states, no drop boxes, no uh, no uh, no no identification required at every step, no ballot harvesting, signature verification, all that is in there. All right, but good. In yeah, five, okay. but in the five swing states. Yeah. The legislature has passed these laws, but the governors have vetoed them. Uh-huh. And if the Harp, Moore v. Harper decision goes our way, which I'm pretty sure it will, the governors have no say in this at all. They can't veto those bills. They'll take effect if the legislature passes them. And those are the swing states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Minnesota. And uh, the Moore v. Harper decision will set up new rules for the elections in those states that the govern- Democratic governors and even Democratic secretaries of state and Democratic attorney general and Democratic state courts can't overrule. So 
that's that's going to eliminate the problem of ballot fraud oh, in 2024. That thing, hey, if 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 we didn't get anything else done in the podcast today, what you just said is crucial because that now answers the question of well, here we go again. Even if he comes back, even with these midterm elections, you know, how do we keep this? from happening again. And you're saying, look, it's already happened in, in, in a lot of states, but the swing states are trying to keep it from happening. But a, the Supreme Court and Moore v. Harper, that decision will mean in the swing states, the th- same things same things that are happening in the states you mentioned will be forced to take place there. And, and that way, because you know how, the, Dick Morris, you've been at this a long time. You know how the current state of the left works. If you do anything to ensure a, 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 a person is voting one time and that person exists, you're race, you're racist. Uh, if, if you, if you, if you don't let people vote however they want to, you're a murderer because the pandemic, even though it's over, uh, we're, you know, we, I know the virus isn't gone. The variants are still there, but these variants are going to kill people and you're unsafe and you don't care about anybody. And, and you know how they play the game. So you have to have the legal standing to make these elections pure because on the public relations stand, you know, and, and the hysteria and all that, the, the, the current state of the left, nobody's better at it. And even though it's tired and they use the same things, without legal standing, those things seem to work. Now let me go back to Trump. Um, a lot of people are saying that I approve of what he did. I like his accomplishments. I agree with most of his possessions, most of his positions. Yes. But can't he tone it down? Can't he be less acerbic? Can't he be less confrontational? Right. And in my book, I deal with that. And I give the firm answer of no, (laughs) you can't pocket his achievements and diss the means he used to achieve them. That's a good point. His, his style is integral to his substance and to his achievements. Take North Korea, for example. As soon as he left office, they began dropping bombs and testing missiles again. But during three and a half years that he was in office, the last three and a half years, you didn't hear a peep out of North Korea. That was because in the first six months of the Trump administration, Kim Jong-un gave a speech where he said, I have a button that can blow up America. And Trump tweeted back, hey, Buster, I have a bigger button than you do. And <laughs> Kim jong shut up. He was intimidated. Right. Uh, you don't intimidate someone through diplomatic cables or a nice talk. You do it by being straight and blunt. And Trump went to NATO and said, you guys aren't pulling your weight. If you continue to do that, we're not going to defend you. Why should we do it when you won't do it? So bring your, your spending up to 2% of your economy for defense. And if you don't, we're out of here. And everybody said, oh, you're disrupting the alliance. You're, you're, the, you know, you're, you're disrupting the meeting. The meeting was a failure and everything. Well, he succeeded. They increased their spending. And you look now at how effective NATO is in Ukraine. Uh, he had two senators who were like Manchin and Cinema, uh, the guys who st- the people who stopped uh, Biden from passing all of his programs for a while till they gave, gave up. But Trump had two of those himself. Flake, the senator from Arizona, and Corker, the senator from Tennessee. And they opposed his programs. They opposed his tax cut. They opposed everything he was doing. And right. Trump confronted them. He excoriated them. Yeah. He drove them out of politics. Uh, they couldn't run for re-election. 
They were so bad, they couldn't even get the nominations in their home state. So, and he mocked them. He said, flake is flaky and, you know, corker should keep his cork in it or something. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he laughed him out of politics. And now they, there are these ghosts in the Republican caucus when they meet in the Senate, the chairs of Corker and Flake. And everybody knows that you don't mess with Trump. Otherwise, that's where you end up. So well, I've been in Washington a lot. I've worked at the right hand of President Clinton and President Trump, both sides. And this is a mean, ugly, nasty place. And nice guys finish last. And you can't take his achievements, which are enormous, and dismiss the means he used to achieve them. And a nice guy wouldn't be able to do it. We'll come back. We'll continue this conversation. Here's the book, and it's available, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback by Dick Morris. We'll continue this conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Dick Morris is our guest. The website, dickmorris.com. Uh, the Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback uh, is the book, and it's going to be talking about uh, how uh, we cannot repeat 2020 and let the Democrats get away with what they did. We talked a little bit about what's being done, but this book is a roadmap on how Trump will return. Let me tell you something, um, uh, Dick Morris. You didn't even sidestep, because a lot of a lot of times uh, you have to have a question, is Trump really going to come back and run in 2024? And you right out of the gate on this podcast emphatically said, absolutely yes, and he'll be the nominee. Yeah, I talk to him twice a week and <laughs> a lot of wasted time if he's not running. We've been strategizing about this race for months now, and uh, he'll announce probably right after the midterms. He isn't doing it now because if he did it now, all of the money he spends on these rallies would have to come out of his campaign kitty, and he doesn't want to do that. But I think he'll do it shortly after the first of the year or maybe after Election Day. And let me also say the Republicans are going to win the House and win the Senate. Yeah, that was my next question. Yeah, There's this garbage being put out there by Mitch McConnell, who is who is not negligent. He's malicious. Uh, he is the minority leader of the Senate, and he wants to stay the minority leader of the Senate. And he would rather be the minority leader of the Senate than to have somebody else who's a Republican be the majority leader. Come on. When when uh, in when when the primaries began this year, every state had a Trump candidate and a McConnell candidate. They didn't call themselves that, but that's what it was. And they faced each other and Trump won them all and McConnell lost them all. And now McConnell is saying, oh, these guys may have won the primaries, but they can't win the general because they're too extreme. And he's trying to not give them money and not give them resources and talk poor mouth their chances, which a majority, which a party leader should never do. And he's doing that because he can't stand the idea that Trump is going to control the Republicans in the Senate. And he will. Uh, all of these guys are going to win. I'm, I'm, you know, the, there are these polls that the Democrats put out there that are supposedly impartial and from universities yeah. and stuff. But they were always wrong. Uh, they said that Trump would lose Pennsylvania by 10 points and Michigan by 15. They said that Trump would never win in 2016. And it's all nonsense. Uh, 
I believe that Oz is going to beat uh, Fetterman, the corpse that's running against him. I think that uh, that Masters is going to win in Wisconsin. I think that Vance is going to win in Indiana, Ohio. And I think that you're going to have 53 to 56 Republican senators uh, and control of both bodies. Uh, and I think that it's all because of the enthusiasm and the momentum Trump is developing. Remember, off-year elections are all about turnout because about 60% of the American people do not vote in off-year elections for Congress. So who votes and who doesn't determines the outcome. And Trump has, his, with his candidates and his victories in these primaries, has given his candidates such momentum and such enthusiasm that they're going to sweep everything before them. And I think that we have to understand that this momentum and this, this turnout uh, is what's going to carry it. And uh, we can't listen to Mitch McConnell. He's, he's a total fraud right now. He says he's the Republican leader. He's not. He's talking us down. So it's no more complicated than we have, you know, full-time career politicians, and you just said it, that would rather stay in the minority if they just keep their spot. And, right. and, and so I know as Americans we don't want to believe that, but it, but it, it seems to be true. And, and there's many that, that are, you know, never Trumpers and all this, and they're not listening to their constituents, obviously, uh, they're just wanting to remain in power, which, in my opinion, they make all the excuses they want to about his, you know, his personality. And there's been times maybe he's done something that I think, well, I might have handled that differently. But overall, I think some of that, like you said, is kind of a paper tiger. What they really hate about him is he's not establishment. He doesn't need their help. He's independently successful, uh, and he loves the country and went there to make changes that the people you stand around and talk to at work won't made. And he became the hero of these people. Uh, and they hated that because that meant he was the new hero and people were saying they didn't need them anymore. And they were going to lose their precious, um, you know, a prestigious, uh, you know, cushy job that they've had for decades. That's and, exactly right. Rick, let me just spend a minute before we get yeah. off, or, or get off about two topics, Mar-a-Lago oh, sure. and the IRS expansion. And this is part of trying to stop Trump. I, I, I'm, I'm sure. The, yeah. The, Mar-a-Lago uh, is a pretext. The raid on Mar-a-Lago. They don't care about archives. Some historian 20 years from now is going to knock himself out reading them. Uh, and they obviously were not serious, important secrets because they waited a year and a half to try to get them back. Right. And even after the raid, they waited four weeks before they released anything. Uh, this is all a pretext. And the reason is they wanted a legal excuse to get into Mar-a-Lago to search for documents. And the documents they really want are ones that don't exist, which would prove that Donald Trump on January 6th was engaged in an insurrection against the American government. Not a riot that went wild, not a mob he tried to discourage, not people who were concerned about the election, but a revolution, the first unarmed revolution in world history. And, uh, and, and the, they're looking to prove that. And the reason they're looking to prove it is because the 14th Amendment provides that if you're engaged in insurrection against the United States, you can't ever hold public office again. 
And they passed that after the Civil War, or I suppose I should say the war between the states. <laughs> and after the war was over, the southern states got, four of them got readmitted, and they sent Confederate generals and officials to represent them. George's vice, the vice president of the Confederacy was the senator from Georgia, Stevens. So what, so they are trying to manipulate this clause and to say this was a full-blown insurrection and Trump can't run for president. And sounds stupid, but they're trying to convince a Washington, D.C. grand jury of this to indict Trump for sedition. And with the Washington, D.C. jury, all Democrats, no Republicans or independents, you could indict a ham sandwich <laughs> if it were a Republican. And that's the goal of the Mar-a-Lago raid. And I believe Trump will be indicted. I believe he will run for president under indictment. And I think he'll run. I think he'll be nominated. And I think he'll be elected. People will say, hey, there were three phony, two phony impeachments. This is now a third. And uh, I don't think it's going to turn people off. The other thing, let me say, is that while the Democrats are trying to end, stop the election by knocking Trump out at the top, they're trying to intimidate all of us at the bottom by expanding the IRS. Uh, their demand for more revenues is just a pretext. What they're doing is hiring 87,000 people to run around the country and threaten us and intimidate us and stop us from supporting Trump. You're gonna see kitchen tables where the IRS guy comes by and he speaks to a couple where they live off tips or where they have a mom and pop store, a bodega or an independent contractor and say, you know, I don't think you reported all your tips last year. Mm. And the year before that, you claimed you had dinner with somebody and you deducted it saying it was business expense, but we checked with the restaurant and you ate alone. So those are two counts that are felony counts and we could indict you for tax evasion and lying to a federal official. But we're not going to do that because you look like a nice guy. Uh, but hey, that Trump sign out on your lawn, what's it doing out there? I mean, that's provocative. And that bumper, bumper sticker on your car, what you doing that for? That's in our face. And for God's sakes, don't let my boss know you went to a Trump rally because that drives him ballistic and God knows what he'll do to you. So just be careful. Be careful. That's my only message to you. And that's, and that's how they'll work to intimidate tens of millions of us. And that's why they need 87,000 armed IRS agents. So I wrote this book to warn you of all this. Be careful of this. Understand this is what they're trying to do. They're not going to win this election at any ballot box. We've cut off fixing the ballot box, and now be honest. And they're not going to win it. And they know that, and therefore they're using these extra legal means and pretexts to decide the election for us. Wow. Uh, we'll be back. More with Dick Morris. The book, uh, which has all this in it, and it is something that is of uh, the utmost value to kind of you know figure out the strategy going ahead. So when it's happening, you're like, I read about this. Dick Morris warned me about this. The return, Trump's big 2024 comeback by Dick Morris. We continue our conversation when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba show. Watch more at blaze tv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Dick Morris is our guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, the return Trump's big 2024 comeback. We just talked about what our founding fathers, Dick Morris warned us about. 
anything that you allow the central government to have, they will use it against you if they so desire. So be sure you don't give them uh, many things. They've done it with the EPA. Uh, they're going to do it again, you say, with the IRS and I don't think anybody denies that when you see the 87,000. Uh, of course, they're just trying to raise revenue, Dick Morris, and it will only be the most wealthy people. They, yeah. they, won't, they won't be bothering anybody. 95% of the audits are people making less than 25,000. Most of the audits are not about deductions. Most people file short forms. The audits are about unreported income, and they can find it any place, and that's it. they can indict you for it. And the, I've done a lot of work in Eastern Europe against the communist regimes. They call them post-communist now. And uh, they use the tax code as their tool of intimidation. And that's what's happening with the IRS expansion. And it's so complicated. And, and as we've said on the air, you don't have to – you just use your mind. It, 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 what's the easiest for a, pet, a predator to pick off? It's not the most wealthy people with an army of lawyers. Uh, it is like you just said, those of us that are out there and you're like, it's a complicated tax deal. I, my accountant and I, we work together. We're doing what we're supposed to do so much easier to come and intimidate the hardworking Americans that love Donald Trump than to truly go after the most, most wealthy. And then if they're really about raising revenue, just do the math. 1% of the population is not enough if they took every dime. I mean, we, some of this, we just need to use our minds. Uh, Rick, uh, I have to go in a few minutes okay. because of the gig, but um, I've enjoyed this so much. Is there something else, last thing you'd like to ask me? Yeah, what, what I would like to ask you, if you could, um, it, it, when, when this, when this uh, comes up and the election takes place, um, what are some things um, that uh, the American people need to be looking for as far as, as uh, Donald Trump's, um, you know, there's going to be all kinds of things that go against him. What's the best way to try to work through this lack of journalism? Your book is definitely one of them. Are there, are there, are there places that you trust? Huh? Four words. Yeah, okay. I did it already. Okay. <laughs> Four words. Uh, when, uh, when they say, oh, you can't seal the southern border, that's an artifact of history. It's a global phenomenon. Well, you can't bring inflation down. That's international economics. You can't hold the gas price down. That's the Ukraine war. Trump comes back and he said, when I was president, gas was buck 80. Inflation was under 2% and there was no illegal immigration. So I did it all already. And if you wonder if I can do it now or if I'm just blowing smoke, Remember, I did it already. There's nobody else that can say that. And what about his health? You think he's okay with the age? Oh yeah, he's fine. I mean, my God, this guy is—he's incredible. I was went. I was on a golf course with him a couple of months ago, and I don't play golf, but I was panting after him while trying to catch him. And uh, he's in incredible shape. It's a cute story, Rick. He hit a ball that went into a water trap. He's a great golfer. But this was a mistake. And uh, I told him, I yelled out, part the waters, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing his confidence, he probably tried it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thanks a so, lot, uh, Dick. I know you, I know you need to thanks. go. And I appreciate you taking time to be with us. Okay. 
I love you guys. We love Bye-bye. you too, man. Thanks. So Dick Morris, the book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Uh, you can get it uh, wherever books are sold. Uh, and and what you will find is that Dick Morris, um, you know, he knows the stakes are high. Uh, he knows the next election is coming up. And I think for all of us, you know, what Dick Morris had to say uh, today is important because when I think about the big show that, that Bubba and I do, it seems to be the questions that continue to come in from all of you. He's answered. You know, first of all, he, he, he says in the book, and you can go get it, but he's answered the question when you say, well, if our vote, you know, our votes count, then what? how do we stop all the evidence of some tampering in the swing states? He answered that. He said there's a big ruling coming up, Moore versus Harper, uh, and uh, if the Supreme Court rules the way he thinks they will rule, uh, then uh, no matter if these governors uh, want to abide by the Constitution or not, they'll be forced to, which means these ballot boxes and all that stuffing will go away and it will not be allowed. The other thing he talked about is uh, everything you're watching on the investigations of Trump. This is involved in trying to uh, to make to, to play the insurrection card, something that goes all the way back to the to the Civil War, or as kindly Dick Morris said to us Southerners, the war between the states. I thought that was kind of funny, uh, but anyway, um, this is going to to be um, something they cannot do. And he says, now don't panic. And I thought this was really important. Don't panic if uh, you see him indicted. But uh, it's going to take too long for that to have any damage or to deem him un, unable to run by this old uh, law that was that was put down. Uh, that he'll go ahead and run, and he thinks that he'll win uh, the primary, uh, and that he will win, will win the general election, and he'll just serve out his last four years as president. Um, also, he's he gave a warning about Mitch McConnell uh, and these Republicans that. Um, are are giving you all this uh, you know uh, poor mouthing? Hey, it, uh, we're not sure we're going to win uh, the midterm elections. Uh, the Democrats, this he said, the Mitch McConnells of the Republican Party. Now, this is Dick Morris who who studies this. This is not Rick Burgess. He said that Mitch McConnell would rather be uh, the minority leader uh, than to not be the leader of the majority, even with Donald Trump winning, because he knows that he would be removed. So uh, these are all things for us to consider, uh, and and I think it answers uh, a lot of the questions. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway uh, from the podcast is that um, Dick Morris says, uh, take take it to the bank. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee in 2024. One thing that is undeniable, he says, I talked with him twice a week, he is absolutely going to seek it in 2024. So that's... Uh, uh, that that is interesting, and uh, and you can uh, you can see the whole roadmap uh, in the book that he uh, that he has. So I think that uh, that answers all of those questions that we get uh, during the big show when it comes up. And he said that um, he didn't think he should change. And I look, I've been a person who said some of the things that he does and the way he handles them is concerning. Uh, and uh, and I, and I wish sometimes he wouldn't uh, fight battles that. Um, um, that are unnecessary when, and could actually, you know, be detrimental to the big battle. Uh, Bubba has said on the the big show many times. Uh, you just got to understand that he's a New Yorker. Bubba goes Bubba goes as far as to say if you ever been around a a New York cab driver. Uh, but that's his personality. That's how he operates. That's that's how he gets things done. And uh, when you look at the state of the world, uh, maybe maybe some of the nice guys that uh, you might even prefer. 
um, are um, run over by the enemies of this country and the opposing party that seems to take us to socialism. And if you don't put a guy like Trump in there, uh, he's the only personality and skill set that can handle the times that we're in and get the country back uh, to um, to where it was when he was serving. Like you said, I, I, I did it before. Maybe the uh, the best thing that Trump can say. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back when Rick and Bubba University. The podcast continues. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. Welcome back to Rick and Bubba University. University, the podcast. Uh, Bubba out, still recovering from the gallbladder surgery. We hope he'll be back next week on the big show and on next week's podcast. Uh, Dick Morris uh, was our guest. Uh, the book is The Return, Trump's big 2024 comeback. Uh, he had to uh, to go. So um, I guess the, the only thing we haven't covered, and then we'll wrap her up for this week, is this concern about Trump's health. Um, you know, you see what's happening with Biden. Uh, I, I think one of the things that uh, – First of all, you heard Dick Morris say that he doesn't have any concern about Trump's health. But I think for those of us that are just kind of, you know, we're citizens of the country, we probably still are kind of concerned because, but um, you have to think about this, and this is something that uh, that we were talking about. He only has to do one term. Uh, he's already done one. Uh, so four years is, is all he has to do. Uh, so maybe even the thing about his age and all that, maybe that concern uh, is, is, not as daunting as it would be if this was the first, you know, term, and we're like, oh, we need him for eight. You know, we're we're only allowed to have him for four more, uh, and if um, and and if he can do four more, then that's all we really need of him anyway. So anyway, that's uh, that's your update. The book is available wherever you get them. Uh, the return, Trump's big twenty twenty four comeback. Pick it up wherever books are sold, and you also can go to dickmorris.com. Our thanks to Dick Morris for being on the program today, and our thanks to you for joining us on this week's edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. <laughs>